Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. You know, before I get up here, I usually set the intention to God, I say, Lord, please guide me in what to say, what to communicate to your people, because I want to decrease as you increase. And this morning, he was silent, which I took as him not answering. But after a while, I started to realize he was saying, I need you to be quiet. This is intimate time. This is an opportunity to just be here with you, be here with God, and that's it. Forget that I'm up here. You get to forget what day it is. You get to relinquish responsibilities. If we wanna learn how to be less stressed, more immersed in the peace of God. It starts with us practicing. So why don't we see if we can just take 10 minutes of our busy lives where we've got the dogs and the kids and the jobs and the dreams and the goals and the worries. Imagine that right now you're walking into a home and in the same way that you would take your shoes off and put them at the front step imagine doing that with all the things I just named step into this home barefoot because as the scriptures say take off your shoes for the ground that you walk on is holy I invite us to walk on holy ground right now. And in doing so, you guys know the drill. I invite you to get comfortable. I invite you to close your eyes. Observe. Observe how your body's feeling. Are you warm? Are you tight? Are your muscles relaxed? Is your mind running? 
let it all be. Don't try to do meditation right now. Just see if as you breathe, you can take a step back from everything you usually identify as yourself and just observe it. fire on the screen, the screen is not burned. If there's water on the screen, the screen does not get wet. Observe is a threat to you. You are the screen. You are the observer. truth together. What you're observing right now is that your muscles are relaxing. Your shoulders are slumping more and more. Your fingers are loosening up. Your legs feel like jello. Like you're laying 
on the softest bed that you've ever felt in your life. Imagine the most comfortable, softest blanket. You feel your body slowly sinking deeper into the blanket. You feel the delight of it caressing your skin as you relax more and more. This comfy bed, this overwhelming comfort and satisfaction you're feeling is a metaphor for grace. God walks into the room and he tells you, this is your bed. This is your safe space. Breathe in that awareness. This is what I mean when I say that my grace is sufficient for thee. There's no need to anticipate my next words. Just be here. We are learning how to be. So much doing it's tiring. Let's practice being. like a challenge. Observe that too. If 
you observe the feeling of fidgetiness in your body, it's not a problem. <laughs> You're just getting accustomed to enjoying grace. What's up, family? Good morning. Happy Sunday. Good to see you. I always love seeing my guy up here looking fresh. Everybody looks fresh. Even if you don't look fresh, though, we love you. And you're welcome here. I also want to give a, a major shout out to everybody who listens online through our podcast. I was hanging out yesterday at somebody's house uh, they had been coming to Heartway for quite some time, haven't been around on Sunday mornings as much, but this couple in particular continues to be a part of our community through the podcast and through YouTube, and I was doing like a, a baby dedication for uh, their one-year-old. And so this uh, woman who invited me to come to do this dedication introduced me to her mom I never met her mom before. Her mom was like, oh, my God, Pastor Danny, I listened to the podcast. And she's like, and everybody in, in, uh, in my work, she works in the hospital as a nurse. She's like, I, I, I give it to them so that they listen to it, too. And I, you have no idea, you know, how far the message goes and how far the impact of this place goes. And so it was beautiful just to hear her sharing that with me. And I bring that up because for those of you who are listening online... You are just as much a part of this family as everybody who's here in person. And so we love you and we thank you for listening. And uh, it's an honor to, to, to have you. You know, when we come on, on Sunday mornings, I feel like one of the primary purposes of what we're doing is, is a mental cleansing. When we sit and do meditation for 10 minutes, that is a, a mental cleansing 
There's a passage of scripture in the New Testament that talks about our minds being cleansed by the washing of the word. Our autopilot mentality tends to be fear, insecurity, but when we come here, we get to cleanse our minds by hearing the word of God, by hearing the word of truth. And so my role, our role as a community is to remind you who you are because you may tend to forget. And so we're here to help you snap out of it. And that's exactly what I want to share with you today. I want to talk to you about discovering your true self. Discovering who you really are in God. Don't judge me, but recently I was reading a book called The Wisdom of Psychopaths. Very interesting book. Written by a psychologist who says that his father was a psychopath, but he said that there's actually a lot of good qualities that we can learn from psychopaths <laughs> that can help us live our lives. <laughs> Okay, so that's the kind of stuff that I'm into sometimes, right? And actually, I'm watching this. I only saw the first like 30 minutes of this new show on Netflix. It's like number one on Netflix now. And it's like about all about crime. Does anybody know what this show is? I forget the name of it. No, not Ozark. It's like a real documentary thing about like crazy people. Anyways. So I was reading this book. So this was on my mind. I go to the gym this week. And I see a, 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 a friend of mine, kind of a friend, just an acquaintance. And we're talking. Somehow or another, it comes out. I share with him that I'm reading this book about psychopaths. And so we get into this conversation. And he actually tells me that he works with a psychopath. And I said, what? This guy does something on a boat. I don't know what he does for a living. But he says he works with a psychopath. And he was telling me that there have been plenty of moments where he has been filled with so much fear when he sees how animalistic and violent and angry this psychopath can be. And then he proceeds to tell me that he's been doing all that he can in his power to show love and to show compassion. And then he said this statement that just blew my mind. He's like, you know, over time, I've actually been able to become friends with two of his personalities. <laughs> and he just said that like it's all good and he kept on talking. I'm like, whoa, bro, slow down. Like, what? What are you saying? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with two of the personalities, but the third one, you know, we got, we got a rough past. <laughs> like, dude, I couldn't believe that. It reminded me of this story in the Gospels where Jesus walks up to a demonized man and he asks him for his name. And the guy says, I am legion because we are many. Can you imagine introducing yourself to somebody? Hey, my name's Danny. Hi, I'm so and so. And there are a lot of us in here. What would you do in a situation like that? It's freaking scary, man. This, this is, so before we get started, I want to I wanna look at some uh, memes, multiple personality memes with you. Here's the first one. I'm looking for a girl with personality. Oh, you're lucky. I have several. <laughs> I love this one here. I have multiple personalities and none of them like you. 
<laughs> wow, that laughter, that means she has multiple personalities and she can relate. Hey, much love. I want to meet all of them. Let's talk after service. So listen, I, I mean, you may have multiple personalities. Even if you don't, though, I feel like we all can relate to this to some extent. Because even if you just have one personality, our personalities tend to be multi-layered, multi-dimensional, very complex. We show certain aspects of ourselves to certain people, and we don't show certain aspects of ourselves to others. Some of this is healthy. It's okay. It's good. A lot of the times, though, we don't fully show who we are because we are afraid of being judged. And the reason why we're afraid of being judged by others is probably because we tend to judge ourselves. So as human beings, we have developed this capacity to only show people what it is that we want them to see. This is how you can be in a relationship with somebody or you can have a friendship with somebody and all of a sudden they switch up on you and it's like, I never knew that you had this in you. I never knew that this was a part of who you were and it was a part of who they were the whole time. They just didn't show you that side of them. We become very concerned with our self-image from a very young age and it typically starts with our parents, right? Our parents have a certain image that they want us to live up to. And some of us actually spend our entire lives attempting to embody this image that others want us to have, even when it is not true to who we really are. And that always hurts. That gets so exhausting after a while, trying to live up to somebody else's vision of who you should be. Eventually, over time, we develop our own image that we want to give off to the world because we want to be seen in a particular way. Well, this self-image that we give off to the world in order to be liked, in order to be thought well of, in order to be appreciated, desired, and valued, is what some teachers have referred to as the false self. The false self. The false self is who you are when you are hiding. The false self is a misplaced identity that is rooted in five lies. The first lie of the false self is that I am what I have. The second lie of the false self is that I am what I do. The third lie of the false self is that I am what other people say or think of me. The fourth lie is that I am nothing more than my worst moment. And the fifth lie is that I am nothing less than my best moment. Can anybody relate to these lies? We believe these. We build our life off of this. This is a misplaced identity, but this is, this is the game that most of the world is playing. So the false self exists on this pendulum swing of self-inflation and self-rejection. Right When things are going good, when we have a lot of stuff, when we're really successful, when people are speaking well of us, we feel amazing about ourselves. But when things are going wrong, 
we beat ourselves up. If I have a lot, oh my God, I'm on top of the world. If I have a little, I'm the worst. If I'm doing really well with my career, if my dreams are coming to pass, then I feel amazing. But if I fail, oh, that fills me with so much insecurity. If other people are speaking well of me, I feel great about myself. If other people are speaking ill of me, now I feel bad about myself. If I do, if I have a really bad moment, if I hit a low moment in life, I think that defines me. If I have an incredible moment, if I'm doing good in all areas of my life, maybe I start believing my own press. So it's this pendulum swing, self-inflation, self-rejection. No consistency, no stability. Sometimes we're up here, other times we're down here. The false self is how you define yourself outside of God. When you don't know your God-given identity, you begin to create an identity on the basis of what you have, what you do or don't do, your reputation in the eyes of other people, how good you tend to perform in, from, in front of others. All of that is a false self. And the false self is an image that you have to constantly protect and defend and prop up and boost up. This is why it's so tiring and exhausting because it's a mask that you're wearing. You don't even believe that it's the real you and you're trying to get everybody else to believe it. Some people do, other people don't. And when they don't believe your facade and they call you out on it, oh, that ain't pretty, that ain't good. The worst is when we actually believe our own lies, which can also tend to happen as well. So we try and defend and prop up the false self because the false self is rooted in fear and lack. Out of our fear, we seek to control people, circumstances, and situations. Out of our sense of um, inner lack, we seek fulfillment outside of ourselves. Not recognizing that all of the satisfaction and contentment and fulfillment that we are looking for in the world can ultimately only be found in an abiding awareness of God's presence. And you already have that. You are that. But we spend our whole lives looking outside of ourselves for that which we already have within. And when I say an abiding awareness of God's presence, what I mean by that very simply is living within the understanding and realization that God directs, ordains, and guides all things. There is nothing that happens outside of the will of God. And once you settle upon that, once you know that to be true, whatever direction life goes, you're going to be fine because you know that the way that it's going is the way that it must go. This is the way that it has to go. There is no other way that it could go, even though I fantasize about all of the ways that it could have been better than this. This is a bedrock foundational truth. It's, it's, to, to understand divine providence is... is it's everything, it's everything, it's everything. It's the strongest foundation that you can have to live in an abiding awareness of God's presence in and through all things. That is how you escape the futility and the vanity of the false self, which always tries to control life and control other people's perceptions of you. 
when you don't live within this understanding and realization, the false self is constantly seeking to reassert its own, self, uh, uh, its own sense of identity by comparing itself with others and competing with other people. This is also something that we spend a whole lot of time doing to feel better about ourselves. I have to compare myself to other people. I feel better when I'm above and they're below. I have to compete with other people. My sense of self is derived by winning, by always coming out on top. Well, when you do this, it ends up leading to a very empty, empty, empty kind of existence. What I've come to recognize is that it's never a good idea to base your identity on something that can be taken from you. Okay, reputation is one of those things that can be taken from you in an instant. So to live, to keep up this reputation is no good. Possessions is another one of those things that can be taken from you. Success is one of those things that can be taken from you. Anything that can be taken from you is not the real you. The real you, the true self, is immovable, anchored, totally rooted and grounded in God. Look at this quote from Franciscan friar Richard Rohr. He says, your false self is always that which is passing away. Your true self doesn't go up or down. It's constant. It's a rock. Once you learn how to live there, what others say about you, your failures or your successes, these don't send you on a roller coaster ride down or up. And this is really the only way to peace. There's no other way to be peaceful except in the true self. The true self is synonymous with the heart, the spirit, the soul. Your true self is who you are before all of the stories that you tell yourself about who you are. Your true self is who you are before anybody says anything about who you may be. The true self lives without any attachments. The true self does not base its identity on what people think, what people say, what you may have, what you don't have, how much you accomplish in life. The true self is the you that you begin to embody when you live fully surrendered to God. Fully surrendered to God. What does it mean to be fully surrendered to God? You don't argue with life. I had someone tell me that the other day, Danny, are you, at, are you at peace? Are you really at peace? I said, bro, I just don't argue with life. That's it. It's not, a, it's not anything crazy. I just don't argue with life. These, this is the way things are. And so that's what I align with. Point black, period, no exceptions. That's it. Your true self, again, is like a rock, immovable. So if you feel like you're struggling through life, if you feel like you're having a difficult time, if you feel like you're on a roller coaster that's constantly going up and down and up and down, 
It may be because you are disconnected from your true self. Maybe you don't know who you really are. But before you can know who you really are, you first have to know who you are not. I am not what other people say about me. I am not what other people think about me. I am not what I think about myself. Even if you think really highly of yourself, that's a lie. That's not real. And if you think really lowly of yourself, that's a lie. That's not real. That's why the mystics talk about self-forgetfulness as a beautiful spiritual practice. Just stop thinking about yourself so much. Humility isn't thinking less about, uh, lesser about yourself. It's just thinking about yourself less. We're always constantly analyzing and criticizing ourselves. Just be. Don't try and be anything. That's the false self. I'm trying to be something. Don't try to be anything. Just be. Let other people label you, categorize you, tell you you're awesome, or tell you you're the worst. That's their business. That's fine. That's what you think today. Tomorrow, it may totally change. Really? Look at the comment sections on Instagram and Twitter. Look at these. You know, it's like... And especially when you see all the uh, celebrities, you know, we get to look into all their drama. Their life is on display. I see something about Kanye West every day on my Instagram. Maybe it's just people I follow. I don't know. But it's like one moment we think they're the worst and we trash them. The next moment, the same people that were trashing you are loving you. And you never know from one moment to the next how things are going to change. That's why if somebody doesn't like me, oh, they don't like me right now. You actually love me. You don't know it yet. <laughs> That's the actual truth. It really is. Because we are love. And it hurts not to love. You love me. You just don't know it yet. I know it, so I'm going to keep loving on you. You understand? That's how it works. I love this quote by Muji. Look what he says. I don't have to be anything at all. I don't even have to be myself because there is no such thing as not being myself. I am inescapably myself. This just takes all the pressure off. No more pressure to try and perform. No more pressure to try and live up to something that you're not. I'm not trying to be anything. I am just being. Spirituality is sinking into your sense of beingness. Be still and know that I am God, is what the scriptures say. The true self can also be referred to as the vulnerable self. The vulnerable self. The ego is so afraid of vulnerability because we're afraid of being hurt. What we tend to forget is that it's only through vulnerability that we can tap into the invulnerability of our spiritual essence. And your true self really is invulnerable. 
invulnerable to the criticism and negativity of others, invulnerable to situations not going your way. You're just not as affected by what other people say or do or the ups and downs that life takes you on. This doesn't mean you don't feel emotion. This doesn't mean that times don't get tough. This doesn't mean that it won't necessarily hurt. What it means is that even when there is a storm raging around you, you can tap into a sense of peace within yourself. You carry the trials and tribulations of your life gracefully because you understand the bigger picture. You understand that God is at work in and through all things and you relax into that knowing. This is why... In the Gospels, we can read about Jesus and the disciples being on a boat, there being a huge storm coming, everybody freaking out, and Jesus is asleep. In the Hebrew scriptures, they used to make a really big deal and put a really big emphasis on keeping the Sabbath day holy, which was one day out of the week where you just rest from your work. To remind yourself that your identity is not connected to how much you can produce, how much you do, how much you have. Well, in the New Testament, even though it's a good practice to continue to, you know, uh, keep one day as a Sabbath day. But the New Testament kind of spiritualizes the notion of Sabbath and says, if you really put your faith in God, you can always be in a state of Sabbath, meaning internally, within your heart, within your soul, you can enter into an eternal rest now through faith and through trust in God, which allows you to know who you are. And so even when the storm is raging, even when everything seems to be all out of sorts and all whacked out, you can remain stable and at peace within yourself. That is such a gift. Again, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel the emotion, but you just accept it. You accept, I'm not fighting with it. I feel a little down today and I'm okay with it. Maybe I'm depressed today. I'm all right with it. I know this doesn't define me. Yeah, it hurts that they did this. Yes, it hurts that this is the way things went down. But I accept it. I'm all right with it. I'm at rest. I'm at peace within myself. This is the gift. This is the gift that God wants to give to each and every one of us. But it only comes by discovering our true self, knowing who we really are. Let me read to you this passage of scripture. John chapter 12, verse 24. It says, truly, truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it bears fruit. What is Jesus talking about here? You can take this in a lot of different directions. What I think Jesus is speaking of is the death of our identity with the ego. When you die to your egoic identity, 
What comes to life is a new heart-based identity. This is why the central symbol in Christianity is the cross. This represents the death of the false self and the coming to life of the true self, which is why the scriptures say that when we really put our faith in God, we are buried with Christ and we have come alive with Christ. The old you is gone. The new you has come. And the new you is actually the you that you've always been. You just haven't been aware of it yet. And that's why I'm reminding you who you are. You're, when I say your God-given identity, I'm talking about something that's ultimately indescribable. But if I could put words to it, this is what I would say. What is your God-given identity? Totally loved. Totally forgiven. Totally accepted, totally complete. If you already have love, you don't have to look for it anymore. If you already have forgiveness, it's so easy for you to give it away freely. It's not a burden for you to forgive. It's like, of course. And really, at some point, you may not even have to forgive anymore because you're not even blaming anybody for anything. Forgiveness doesn't, it's not even, I mean, I, I have to forgive you if I feel that you hurt me. <laughs> forgive. Also, eventually you may not have to anymore if you're not even blaming the other person for doing anything. If you already know that you are completely and totally accepted as you are, you don't have to seek for acceptance and approval outside of yourself. If you know, if you feel that you already are complete and whole, then you don't have to depend on anyone or anything to feel that sense of completion or wholeness. So that's what it means to operate as your true self. It is living within this understanding that I am totally loved. As you are. If you did not change one bit from now until your dying day, if in the eyes of the world you were an utter failure who didn't do anything with their life and you didn't take any steps in the right direction, God would look at you and say, where's the problem? <laughs> Where is the problem? Masterpiece. Masterpiece, masterpiece, masterpiece. Of course, we don't necessarily believe this or operate like this, which is why we'll judge the homeless person on the street. We'll judge the addict. Oh, my God, look at these losers. Oh, these people, they don't want to do anything for themselves. All they do is they have a victim mentality. Listen. When you live as your true self, everyone becomes your equal. You, you don't see yourself above anyone. You don't see yourself below anyone. Everyone is an extension of you. You see yourself in them, and you see them in you. There is no up or down, good or bad, when you're operating in the true self. There's just this, God in and through everything. I see God in everything. I see God in you. 
And when you know your true self, you can see it in others even when they can't see it in themselves. That's where compassion comes from. That's where empathy comes from. We are not human beings learning how to be spiritual. We are spiritual beings learning how to be human. And this spiritual essence is one that you share with all people and all things. And when you live into that, how do you know you're living into your true self? Because you begin to gain a sense of stability in life. You become more open. You live in alignment and in harmony with, with the way that things are. You feel a sense of, of completion and wholeness. When you live as your true self, your vulnerable self, when you are unashamedly you, without trying, just yourself, that is when you are the greatest gift to this world. And when you live as your true self, you begin to make choices that are aligned with your deepest purpose. You begin to experience creativity. You begin to see possibilities. And you live in harmony with who God actually created you to be. Your true self is love. Love is who you are. Just bring it back to this. Love is who you are. And in those moments when you don't feel very loving, in those moments when you forget who you are, just gently bring yourself back to reality. How do I know that I'm living in a fantasy and not in reality? My emotions will tell me. Remember that stability that I'm talking about with the true self? You're not going to feel that. You're going to be on the roller coaster. Who you really are is love. You find who you really are. That's all you need in life. It's, it's a treasure worth more than anything, which is why Jesus spoke this parable about a man who sold all of his possessions just to buy a field that had a treasure in it because that treasure was worth more than everything else he had. Well, that treasure is God in you. When you find that, when you tap into that, what else, what else do you need out of life? Nothing. That's what makes it so beautiful. Let's pray. God, in this moment, we fully surrender to you. God, in our moments of forgetfulness, remind us of who we really are. Help us to discover our true self to do away with the mask that we wear to try and hide or give off a certain perception of ourselves to others. May we feel totally free in your love and acceptance of us. Help us to evolve into the most loving versions of ourselves so that we can be a blessing to this world, so that we can be rooted in truth, and so that we can actually enjoy our existence. You created us so that we can enjoy you and the life that you have gifted to us. Your gift sometimes comes in some really crazy packaging. And it may not look like a gift. 
Help us to see it for the gift that it is. We trust in you. And in this moment, we relax into who we really are. Totally loved, totally forgiven, totally accepted, totally complete. I am not what I have. I am not what I do. I am not what other people say or think about me. I'm not even what I think about myself. I am not defined by my lowest moment, and I am not defined by my highest moment. I am who I am. Amen. All right, fam. Love you. Have a great rest of the week. Catch you next Sunday.